All right, what's up, everyone? Welcome to Off Beat Podcast. Man, I'm your host, Jorge Ambriz, and I'm right here with Juwan Dotson. What's up, Juwan, man? How you feeling today, man? Feeling good, man. Blessed. Man. Blessed, blessed, man. Yeah, today we have a great episode, man, and, and I'm so excited for this episode because um, from the moment I heard about you, I heard your story, man. I was like, you know what? Uh, I need to get you on this podcast. We need to get your story out there, man, and... Um, and I thank you. I thank you so much, man, for agreeing to to be on here, man. And um, so let's get started, man. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So so tell us a little bit about yourself, man. We always like to get started with tell us uh, where you, where you from. You know where where'd you grow up at? You know your parents. Tell us a little bit. So most of my family is from the Inland Empire, from here to um, L.A. I okay. Say. I actually grew up uh, about ten minutes down the way, right here by uh, Royal Valley High School on the west side. Right here in the Burdu, yeah, San Bernardino yeah. grown. Yeah, like uh, born and raised, man. So <laughs> I was here pretty much my whole life um, yeah. before college. And then I got an opportunity to leave for college to go stay in Oklahoma for a couple years. Okay. Oh, so you went to college out there in Oklahoma? Yeah, yeah. I got a scholarship to play football out there, which was a great experience. Man, uh, you know? that's tight. That's yeah. tight, man. So local athlete right here in San Bernardino. And how was it, man? How was it uh, growing up right here in San Bernardino? For me, it was cool. Like, I had um, most of my cousins, we all the same age. So, okay. I had a bunch of like a uh, bunch of cousins around either a year or two apart. So, yeah. we, were, we were always hanging out. You know, we didn't really know that San Bernardino was San Bernardino growing up. And then you, you kind of get older and you look back on it like, oh, yeah. it was, it, it might have been a little rougher than we thought we, we yeah. thought it was, but we were just kids kind of having fun yeah. hanging out. Um, it- yeah, and that's usually how it is, man. Yeah. Whenever you grow up, uh, you really don't realize the city you're living in right. until you kind of step out, you start seeing different cities, or you come back, or the internet, right, right, <laughs> the internet right, right, starts right. starts exploding, uh, starts uh, exploiting everything and everyone. <laughs> it was it was crazy because when I left, when I went to Oklahoma, they had like this report, this crime report that came out, and San Bernardino was on the crime report, and it was the first time I seen the report, and I was like, oh, that's my city. That's, oh, I grew up right yeah, there. Yeah, I grew up, I grew up down the street from yeah. where this video is being recorded. Yeah. So, um, but growing up, we was just we was just kids hanging yeah. out. You know what I mean? So, um, definitely, it was it was it was cool. Yeah, and what kind of things, man, were, um, uh, did you like to do, would you like to get into when you were growing up? Uh, man, we were outside all day. Yeah. Like, summertime, we outside all day. I'm trying to play basketball somewhere. Yeah. We're trying to, we're trying, wherever there's a ball, whatever, somewhere to compete, you know, that's kind of what we were into for the most part. Yeah. Um, definitely music. Uh, okay, love, yeah. yeah. Love music. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, that was, sports and music, I think, was probably my, my main go-tos growing up. That's good. That's yeah. good, man. And uh, and then how were you, how was the relationship with your parents? Um, it was it was solid. I think like both both of my parents were there. Um, That's good. I didn't I didn't grow up in a, a joint household, but I had my I had both my mom and my dad. Um, my grandparents played a big role in my life for yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of time living with my grandmother. My grandmother's actually the one that lives. Uh, here on the west side. Okay. And then my other grandmother stayed in LA, so I would be I would definitely go spend quite a bit of time with them as well. Um my dad stayed like Rialto area, so I, okay. I was pretty much all over the IE. For, that's good. That's yeah. good, man. And so and that's that's cool that you mentioned that, you know that, you know, you say I had both my parents, you know, mm-hmm. even though it wasn't a joint household, but both parents, you know what I mean, you were they were present. They played a big role in your Absolutely. life, man. And um and how was uh, you know, being a kid right here in San Now we know how San Bernardino is, man. You know, was was there ever any they ever try to like pull you into trouble or anything like that? Yeah, for sure. I think that's what what saved me was having 
a village around me. Like my whole family raised me, if I had to be honest. Like yeah. my, my, my mom, my dad, my grandparents, my aunties. Um, I've probably lived with 10 different family members. Yeah. You know what I mean? To be honest, everybody had a hand in my growth. So I think that's probably what saved me. Yeah. And a lot of the people that I grew up with didn't have that. Yeah. So the ones that kind of fell short, it was it was mainly because it wasn't really no direction from like a family foundation. Yeah. So I, that's that's why I, I think what separated me, what blessed me and saved me at the end of the day. And at that moment, at that time, though, like, did you realize like, because I know growing up sometimes as a kid, I know even for me when I was growing up as a kid, um, I, I, I even shared that in my story, too, that, I you know, I had both my parents, too. And uh, growing up, though, I didn't understand how blessed I was to have that, you know, because I could have, like, fallen off the rail way sooner, you know, if I didn't have that. But growing up, like, I didn't really understand that. You know, did you ever struggle with that to say, man, like, you know, I wish, you know what I mean? Sometimes, like, you know, that that thought of, like, man, I wish I wish I was like my friends, man, where I didn't have anyone telling me what to do. Did you ever go through those thoughts? It sucked. Honestly, like growing up, it was because it wasn't cool. Yeah, yeah. It, which is so weird. Like yeah. I'm older, I'm older now, and I'm yeah. like, we we were weird because it's like you had oh you got both of your parents, you're weird. Yeah, you you your parents make you good good grades. You make yeah. your parents make you come in early and do homework. You're weird. It was and, like they would clown you yeah, for that. Yeah, it's like yeah. I didn't get. To, I wasn't. I wasn't out going to parties. Like my parents yeah. wasn't really having it for real. So at, <laughs> at that time, I'm I'm hating it. Yeah, you know what I mean. But now I'm like I'm I'm alive. Yeah, I'm I'm you know I'm free. I got friends that you know that. Are, are in jail or just came out of jail that are like yeah. they look at my parents as like they're grateful because my they they a lot of my, my friends know my parents and they're like man listen your parents played a big role like that was the only yeah. influence we had um you're really blessed yeah and I'm like yeah now I understand that like, I'm I'm a hundred percent blessed because that's definitely probably what saved me at the end of the day yeah and that's what's crazy about when you're a kid you really don't understand any of that uh, you know you're, you're I, I used to think the same thing I used, I used to hate it because it would be like man like because we actually had our parents you know, coming out yelling, like, you know, George, Juan, like, get in the house. Right. And we'd be like, man, and and we'd have all the friends around, like, clowning on us, like, ah, you got to go inside or you got to do your homework and things like that, you know. But, man, in, in all reality, you know, that was probably what, you know, we could have, like I said, we could have fallen off the rail way sooner. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Even though we grew up, we made some wrong choices growing up. But, man, like, you know, having that, Having that solid foundation, you know, played a big, big role, man. Mm -hmm. So I'm glad you had that growing up too. And um, so right there, leading up, you know, you had this, you had this structure, this village, your family growing up, loving on you, structuring you. You know what I mean? And then because um, you got into sports, right? Playing yeah. in school. Yeah, I started playing uh, football at, at seven. At seven years old. At seven okay. years old. What uh, position did you start playing? Well, my first position, I played corner for uh, the San Bernardino Bears. Okay, San all right. San Bernardino Bears. We used to practice. Pee-wee football? Yeah, we used to practice right here at uh, Anserill Park on the west side. Okay, all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and how was that? How was that experience? Man, that was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, yeah. like, it was it was awesome. Even, Sports it's, it's are some, tight, man. It's some people I still talk to, some friends I still have from yeah. seven years old. Like, sports make the world small, you know? Yeah, it does. It really yeah. does, man. I'm noticing that now. Like now that my son plays, my son plays. Uh, I signed him up uh, for uh, Pee Wee football, and then. Um, but it's funny how like um, coaches and and it's just such a small world, man. Such a small world. You start you know getting to know different people. Like oh, this is Coach So and So. He works off season. You know like yeah. so. 
So it really is, man. And so, so you had that, you had the sports, man, and, and you just followed through with it. You just kept going with it. Yeah, uh, I, I ended up sticking more so with football. I tried some other sports, you know what I mean? Um, when I was younger, when I got to high school, I did track and played basketball. Okay. Um, those, for what high school? I went to Carter for three years. Okay. And then ended up graduating from uh, A.B. Miller in Fontana. Okay. All right. Cool, yeah. cool. And is that where, and you kept it up, football, what position did you play for for uh, high school? Receiver and corner, mainly okay. through high school. And right. then once I got to college, just exclusively receiver. Exclusively. Okay. And that's when you went to Oklahoma? Yeah, I went to Mount Sac first, though. Shout okay. out to my, my Sac dogs. <laughs> um, yeah, I went to Mount Sac first for two years. Okay. I heard they got a good sports program right yeah, there. Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best, I heard about sure. that, man. Yeah. Yeah, so so you were there for two years, mm-hmm. and then from there you got. Um, I got a scholarship to go to East Central Oklahoma. That's um, tight. And Ada, which was like a total culture shock. Yeah. Headed out that way. But. How was how was the culture shock there, man? Col- Explain yeah. about that. The, the, it's just a whole different demographic. You know what I mean? Um, it was the first time I ever been like the only black dude in my class. Yeah. You know what I mean, it was the first time you walking down the street because we in California we move so fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you go to like the Midwest or you go to the South, everything slows down. Yeah. You know, people ask you how you doing and expect you to answer. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they st- they'll sit there and wait and have a conversation. Yeah. yeah. Um, food was great though. Yeah. The food, food was definitely great. Um, but yeah, it was just it was just, it was a the different culture shock. Yeah, and it, it, it broadened my horizon. Like I think the it was it was one of the best things that happened to me because it let me know that there was. It's another world out there. I had never yeah. left uh, California yeah. before I went to Oklahoma. So it was it was literally going SoCal. I hadn't even been in Northern Cali before. So it, it was SoCal, Oklahoma. Yeah. You know, so um, it was different. Yeah. yeah. And I was by myself. Yeah. Know? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's anytime, man, you, you, you move out of state or you move out of your comfort zone, man, you always tend to like get that culture shock right there, man. And um, but what did you feel any different? Like, I mean, you're saying that it's a it was a good um, it was a good experience, and it's and you saw it as a good experience and and everything. But in the beginning, was it was it rough? Like emotionally, like adapting to people, things like that. Was that rough? Yeah, it was tough because it it, it, for, it forced me to get uncomfortable, but it forced me to grow. So like, I had to. In hindsight, it was good. In the heat of the moment, it was it was a big adjustment period. Yeah, you, you didn't really have any anything to lean on. But yourself and I had my team, so yeah. playing football helped because you got you kind of find your tribe. Yeah. Um, when you're out there, but it was it was definitely different. Yeah. But I would say every time every time I've had to grow, it's been in a situation where I had to be by myself, and that was the first time I was put by myself. Yeah. Um, I think that was one of the biggest the the the, the most growth that I've had. Yeah. Uh, initially. That's what's up, man. Yeah, that's cool. And um, so you finish your you're out there, you're playing football out there. And what's the dream, man? Like, what are you? What are you dreaming? What are you thinking about? What's the next move for you? At that time, I was going to the NFL for sure. Yeah. Like, it was like there was no no doubt about it. I didn't even know that it was a chance that I wasn't going to be playing football forever. Yeah. Like there was nothing I was thinking about past playing football. Yeah. Um, not knowing that like the chances that I really happening are really really slim slim to none. Yeah. So when I graduated, um, I traveled a long time doing workouts. For different teams. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. I traveled a long time doing workouts with different. Talk about teams. that. How's that? How, how does that work? And what was your experience? So you got um. So you graduate um after your senior year, and then they do like I don't know if you guys if you're familiar with like the NFL Combine. So, uh, a little bit, a little bit. So you'll have you'll have the NFL Combine, and then most all those players in the NFL Combine also also have like a pro day where 
basically the combine is you going to the NFL scouts. Okay. Your pro day is the NFL scouts coming to your school and, and watching you individually. So we had I had a pro day um, at a University of Oklahoma. Okay. And then your dude, they'll, they'll come out, they'll check you out, you know, um, kind of test your 40, uh, your vert, you know, just all these different physical tests that you'll do. Yeah. And then you'll either, you know, get a call to come to camp, you'll get signed or, or whatever the case may be, or you won't. Um, so for me, I didn't. Um, and then you'll kind of just wait and see if anything pops off for you. Yeah. Once that didn't happen, there was like a, a circuit of like, you know, CFL tryouts, which is the Canadian Football League. So I traveled to like Texas and did workouts and flew back home to Long Beach and did workouts and flew to Florida and did workouts. Oh, and wow. Just meeting all these different players. Yeah. Um, but then you start to see like, man, you go around the world and you see some of these athletes and it's like, oh, these guys are really, really good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're good, but these guys are like really, really good. So, yeah. So you start seeing the competition. Yeah. And you just realize that it's not even about, you know, whether you're good or not. It's, it's more so, one, is it your season? You know what I mean? And, and is it your purpose? Is this your purpose for... And it's at the right time. Yeah. You know what I mean? For this aspect. And for me, it got to the point where I was like, I love it, but the grind and what it's gonna take to actually get there, I'm I'm like no longer in love with that part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the 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 going to practice and you know, and putting in the work and, and getting the getting hurt and then rehabbing from getting hurt. because um, I played arena ball for one year. I okay. Moved, I moved to Utah and played arena ball and I ended up getting hurt and I'm like Man, I, I'm not trying to do it. I ended up getting an avulsion yeah. fracture in my ankle. Oh. And like going through the rehab process, I'm like, and I'm kind of not, I'm not trying to do this anymore. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't love this part of the process anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean, this part of, of getting up at 6 a.m. and going through the rehab. And it's like the guys that are going, moving on, that are really grinding, they're willing to still keep doing that. So yeah. after I did those workouts, did that circuit, um, that injury was just like a wake up call. Like it's time to kind of figure out what's next. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people don't understand about it, right? That man, that there there is a whole level of grinding to it, man. When it comes to trying to make it to the pros and and not just even make you know playing college ball and all that, like you said, arena football, man. Like it really does take a toll on your body, mm -hmm. where it starts to become more like a job, you know what I mean, like a job rather than than that passion. Like you said, you know, you started to kind of lose the love for that, right? You know, so. So when is it that you realized, okay, you know what, like, okay, this is, you know, you've, I've, where did you come to peace with it to say, man, you know what, okay, this is, it's time for me to part ways. Um, it that took a while. I actually went yeah. through a really, really rough time. I went probably about a year and a half was like almost depressed about it because mm -hmm. I had identified myself with that sport for so long. And where were you? Where were you living at, staying at that time? So I came back. I was uh, dating a girl at the time. Okay. And so when I moved back from Utah, um, we ended up staying at her and her parents' crib. Okay. And I didn't have a space. So that was another thing that was weighing heavy on me because I didn't have a space on my own. Um, I, I didn't have a car. How old were you at this time? When I came home, I was 20, 2017, so I think I was 24. 24 years old. 24, yeah. maybe 23, 23 yeah. years old. So I didn't, have, I didn't have a space on my own. I didn't have an identity. I've been a football player my whole life. Like yeah. if, you, if you ask me what I do, I, I'll, I'll play football. You know what I mean? That was who I was. That was what I did. And so, like, when you take somebody's identity away, now I'm just sitting there like, who am I? Yeah. You know? And I, I heard a quote from somebody that was like, uh, I guess you you don't identify yourself with, who you, with what you do because it's like, what are you going to do when you can't do when what you love? you can't you love? do that anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, for me, it was like, 
I don't know who I am. So I was like, just go get a job. Yeah. You know, so at that point, it was I was getting up at 6 a.m. every day, you know, just trying to put in applications everywhere and figure out, you know, where I'm going to work. And then um, I ended up actually uh, getting a job at 24 Hour Fitness. Okay. And that, that, that was a game changer for me. To okay. Be honest, yeah, that was a game changer for me. Yeah, and that was so that was in uh, 2017. That was in 2017. 2017. All right, so so you're 24 years old, man. Let's kind of pause back on that because you're 24 years old, and and I love I, I it's really interesting what you said right now that you know your identity was basically kind of stripped from you at that moment. You know what I mean? And um, do you have any do you have any regrets or anything that that you kind of look back on and say, man, I I wish. I wish my world wasn't so caught up in this, you know, or do you say, or do you kind of feel like that was just part of the process that you had to go through with football? Um, I won't say, I definitely won't say I regret it. Yeah. For sure. I definitely won't say I regret it. Um, I think the tough part was just not, not understanding that I was more than football. Yeah. You know, I think, I think, uh, I think that was, if I had to say anything that I wish I would have learned sooner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, is that I was more than that. Yeah. And you know what's 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 interesting, man, is that, you know, Charles Barkley, um, he kind of there's a, a clip going around of him talking about that, you know, where he says, man, that's so many so many young people. You know, when you go to uh, when you go to the, the schools, he goes to different schools to talk and give uh, motivational speeches, things like that. And he says that that's one of the things that he always comes across is that is that like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Talk, he asked a lot, uh, a lot of the kids, and he says that ninety percent of them are like, you know, I want to be a pro athlete, you know. And he's like, man, like, and he was talking about how how that breaks his heart though sometimes because he's like, man, like the chances, the chances to become that are so slim. He's like, but the chances of them to become a doctor, a lawyer, man, if they understood that their chances to do that are a lot more, but because their identity is so caught up in. And, and, and just this, you know what I mean, in this dream, which is not bad, but like, you know, um, I think you're, you're a good example of that, that like, man, you're saying no regrets, but at the same time, I wish my identity wasn't so caught up in just that. Yeah, I would say, so the only pushback I would have is, is if, it's, if it's your purpose, yeah, you got to be all in. All in. And I, I just, I, it wasn't my purpose. Yeah. Like that, that part of it wasn't my purpose. Yeah. Like God, I feel like God blessed my blessed me in a different way yeah. more than he blessed me when it came to football. Yeah. Like I had to work really, really hard to get good at football. Yeah. And I think that that your purpose is not something that you, that's going to be, it's not going to feel like an opposition a lot of the times. And for me, like playing football, you just kept hitting the wall over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. For some people, that's their purpose. So if it's your purpose, you got to, yeah, you got to be all in. Grind, just yeah. do it, go all in. I like how you said that, man. Like, you know, because it's true sometimes, Sometimes we don't understand that there's things that are just going to build, we're going to work hard at, but they're just, the purpose is to build something inside of us. Not so much that we're going to, that's what we're going to probably do our entire lives. It's just something that, you know what, this is for now. This is what's, something's being built inside of me right now through this, but you know what, um, there's a greater purpose behind it. Because I like what you said, like, you know, when you find that purpose, man, it's almost like butter. It's just like, it's going to be smooth. Butter. <laughs> yeah. So now, all right. So, so going back, man. So I just wanted to kind of pause on that a little bit. Cause I just, I love that point right there, man. That, that, because identity is so huge, man. Huge. Identity is so, so huge, man. And I feel that a lot of young men, a lot of young men struggle with who they are. 
You know, I feel we're a, we're a performance-driven culture, you know, and there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with wanting to perform well or wanting to do things well, but there's something different, man, when we're able to find our identity, right? And um, so now you're fast forward right there. You're, you know, you're, um, you find something at 24-Hour Fitness. So talk about that journey. Yeah, that was a game changer for sure. Uh, shout out my big bro, Robert Cameron, for hiring me, man. <laughs> so yeah, I, I went in there in 2017, just a knucklehead. You know, I'm staying on the west side. I'm, I'm not doing not doing well, not doing what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. Um, hanging out, you know what I mean? Um, and then this guy, I actually went to interview us. This is how God worked, which is crazy. So I went to interview. I was so desperate for a job. I went to the San Bernardino 24-Hour Fitness and applied. And I'm in the interview, and the manager's like, I got like 12 hours for you a week. I'm like, oh, I'll take it. Like, I don't have nothing right now. Whatever you got for me, I'll yeah. take it. And he didn't send the offer letter for me to sign. So I had applied to every 24 in the area. So Rob, ends up, which is the general manager at the Redlands 24. Okay, okay. He ends up reaching out and is like, hey, um, I want to bring you in for an interview. So I'm like, sure. So I go in the interview. I'm in this group interview. And I'm um, I'm super, like, cocky and, oh, just, you know, because I'm like, I can do sales. Like, this is nothing. Yeah. And um, we're going through the interview. And I'm, I'm feeling like I'm doing well. And he was like, I'm... When I, he tells me this afterwards, like I wasn't sure if I was gonna hire you because you was just so like confident. I didn't, I didn't really know if he was gonna, if he was gonna make it. But he ended up hiring me, and um, the guy was the the, the guy at San Bernardino was like, uh, "Oh no, nah, I just interviewed him. You shouldn't hire him because he said he was gonna work here." And then Rob was like, "Well, you didn't have any hours for him, right?" So then he ended up he ends up bringing me on, and as I get there, he becomes my mentor. Like he starts to groom me. He starts to like teach me the game, you yeah. know, like kind of show me the ropes. And I'm like, this guy looks like me. Like he's he's just like six five, ex athlete. My man got tattoos on his neck, and I'm like, <laughs> tattoos on his hand. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, if he could be a gym, I could be a gym. Like he come from the same background I come from. Yeah. So we're we're just and and over that time period, like as he's grooming me, um, I'm like, oh, I kind of like this. Like this 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 job is cool. Like this is it's still fitness. I'm still a part of a team. I'm getting an opportunity to compete. Um, and then I ended up going from I was a front desk rep at okay. 24 in 2017, and within 15 months I was a GM. Okay. Just based on performance, like I was a top performer for the next yeah. you know like like year and a half. Um, but through that whole process, I'm, I'm, I met like so many people that, I, that was introducing me to like different books and, yeah. and podcasts and just networking. Then I met like a lot of my friends that that you, that I know right now are from 24 Hour Fitness um, through this last like five six year process. Okay, you know, um, I started training with like George, and and then I met Drew, and and through Drew I met me like Milo. It's just it just everybody that's been in my life right now. Yeah, um, that's been like super super helpful through my process. Yeah, stem from me getting hired that one day, turning down a job in San Bernardino, and picking up the job in Redlands. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. And I like I was so quick to take the job in San Bernardino, but if I would have took it. It would have been a whole different, you yeah. know, a whole different path. So but for, of, yeah, but for something that offer letter never went through. It's for something that for some reason that yeah. offer letter, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm a big, I'm a big believer that God don't make mistakes. Yeah, no. You know, and everything happens for a reason. A hundred percent, man, a hundred percent. So that was so that was a big turning point for you Huge. right there. Huge. Yeah. Because if not, like you said, you were already, 
you're already trying to, you're already here in the west side of San Bernardino. Mm-hmm. Uh, you started to link up with old friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that time, I needed somebody to come grab me. Like, I needed I needed somebody to come kind of pull me out of that. Yeah. And, and God placed him in my life at the perfect time. That's sure. good, man. That's yeah. good. And you guys still have a cool relationship to this day? That's my big brother for life. That's what's up, man. Yeah. That's good, man. And yeah, and, and you know, and that's the beautiful thing about, I, that's why I'm such a big believer, man, when it comes to, being open to new relationships, you know, friendships, new new mentors, things like that, because you never know. You never know. That could be the bridge, man, to new opportunities. It could be the bridge to lifelong friendships, you know, and um, and I'm glad you were able to find that, man, at that time, man, because like you said, you needed, to, you needed somebody to come and grab you out, right. you know what I mean? But I'm glad that that door was open, that door of opportunity was open for you, man. And um, so how long were you there in 24 for? Five years. So you were there for five years. And that was the longest job. Yeah, that was the longest job I'd ever had. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then from there, after that, what was the next journey? I ended up uh, personal training at Self-Made. Okay. That was right. when I made that transition. That's when you made that that transition. Yeah, yeah. But within that transition, man, I know that some things have happened, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because I, that was one thing that, man, really drew me to you was um, because I would see you and I'd be like, man, this guy's motivated you know what i mean like you were on high alert motivated man you know what i mean like i hear you and i'd be like man this guy this guy's got energy but then i heard your story a little bit man and that's what kind of made me pause i'm like man you would never think you would never think that this person is going through this so let's talk about that man yeah 2020 i was uh diagnosed with leukemia like and that was kind of that was definitely a shock for sure um and I know 2020 was like a rough year for everybody. So, like July, July 2nd, to be exact, of 2020. Man, so right in the middle of the pandemic. Right. Right in the middle of the pandemic, everyone, the whole world is shut down. Everything is is happening. Everything is going on. And what led up to you finding this out? Just a multitude of symptoms. Because um, like you said, I, I work out pretty much every day if yeah. I can. Um, so I went from really, really being in, in some good shape because we were uh, we was at home. So all I was really doing was working out. I yeah. was in, probably in the best shape of my life at the time. And uh, we were going runs. And I think the first time I noticed anything different was uh, I was running. I would take like six, seven steps and just couldn't breathe. You know what I mean? Like my Or like I felt like my legs just weren't getting blood flow. Man. It was like kind of tingling, almost almost numb. Yeah. Um, and then I would have to stop. But for me, the athlete in me is like, no, nah, I just keep pushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just keep going, bro. Like yeah. you being you being soft, man. Get, yeah. Like get it together. <laughs> you know what I mean? So no pain, no gain. Right, right. Yeah. So thug it out. And then I'm just so I'm just trying to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, and then eventually I ended up like passing out. Oh, while while working out. No, nah, yeah, I walked in the house one day and um just fell on the couch. Dang. Yeah, I walked in because my couch was, if I was to walk in straight this way, my couch was to the left. And I walked in, room kind of spent. I just fell on the couch and I'm like, oh man. So I went to urgent care. And the guy from urgent care was like, oh, you got vertigo. I said, oh, that's perfect. Like, vertigo is cool. We can take take some medicine for vertigo. We'll be be okay in a couple of days, you know. Um, So they ended up giving me some medication. Okay. And then we we ended up going on a trip. me and the lady I was with, we ended up going on a trip, and I'm on the the medication for for vertigo, and as we go on the trip, 
there's a moment where I go to the bathroom, and when I come back from the bathroom, I turn the light off. Like in the middle, I go to the bathroom in the middle of the night. I, c- I come uh, back from the bathroom and I turn the light off. And the moment I turn the light off, the room just spent, and I'm like tumbling down. I'm reaching, like grabbing everywhere, trying to find something to hold on to. And I'm screaming like, "Hey, help! Help! I'm going down!" And I had no control, you know, over my balance. Um, and then I just hit the floor. And I tried to take a deep breath, and it was like somebody grabbed my lungs and wouldn't let them expand. Um, and I'm like, oh, yeah, it's something wrong. You know, it's definitely something wrong. So um, that was when that was what forced me to go to the hospital. Yeah. But then I went. We were – so I, the way Kaiser works is it's like Northern Cali or Southern Cali is yeah. basically what you're, how you cover it. So I wasn't covered in Northern Cali. So I went – I ended up going to Kaiser in Northern California, and um, they just did the bare minimum. So I was blessed that, that – that, that God had his hand on me because at that time I could have died on the way home because they didn't run the proper test, you know? Yeah, and and I think that sometimes, man, that that's what's crazy about our, the healthcare system sometimes. You know what I mean? Like that, like, I mean, you could, you're going through this and then, you know, and I get it, insurance policies and all that stuff, man, you know, but at the same time, man, like, you know, they're kind of used to sometimes just doing the bare minimum, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And just kind of winging it out and, and waiting, man. And like you said, you could have, if, if, you know what I mean? If God, God's hand wasn't on you, man, like that probably could have been your last moment. So what happened? You drove down. Yeah. So they ended up saying like, you're okay. And I'm, I'm in the hospital room in Northern Cali crying. I'm like, listen, I'm 27 years old and I can't walk up a flight of stairs without yeah. losing my breath. I'm like, there's something wrong. Like, I know there's something wrong. I know y'all not finding it right now, but there's something wrong and I need help. And she she kind of got, she ended up leaving and bringing like a security guard in when I was in the hospital room. So I'm like, oh man, like, I'm not trying to be a threat to nobody. I'm just saying I need I need help. And so long story short, we ended up going back home. Man, that's sad. Yeah, I was, I was sick. I'm like, come that's on, like, sad, I'm, I'm, I'm hurting right now, you know. But in, I ended up going back home and I called... Um, I ended up calling Kaiser, and I got a physician's assistant on the yeah. phone, super cool physician's assistant, and they were like, go ahead and get a blood test. So I went and got a blood test because they were like, you have way too many symptoms for me to uh, diagnose you right now yeah. without you getting a, a lab. So I went and got labs done on a, um, I want to say this was a Thursday night, and then when they called me at 6 a.m., and he was like, hey, you need to go to the emergency room right now. And so now the way Kaiser works, you get your, your results on your app. So I'm looking at yeah. the app, and immediately I'm looking at the app like, oh, let me get on Google because look at these numbers. Let uh. me see. <laughs> let me see what these are. Dr. Google, Dr. Man. Google. And while I'm looking at it, it's like anemia, severe anemia, leukemia. And I'm sitting there like, oh, it's definitely anemia because I be cold anyway. So like, I'm, I'm always trying to get an extra blanket. So yeah. I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm just anemic. That's why I'm feeling so dizzy. So then I go down um, to the emergency room. And as I'm walking in the emergency room, there's like this huddle of like nurses and doctors um, in this room, and they're all looking at me like, uh, "This is weird. Like, why are you? How are you walking in here right now?" And I was like, "I don't. What do you mean? I just worked out yesterday at um, 24 Hour Fitness. Like, I'm I'm okay." It's like, "Nah, you're not okay. Your your uh, hemoglobin is at like 2.0." I was like, "What does that mean?" It's like, "Well, it's supposed to be between 14 and 18, and it's at 2.0." I was like, no, nah, well, like I said, I just worked out. You know, I just worked out yesterday. Yeah. You know, so mind you, I got dropped off and I told, you know, my girl, like, hey, go get some food. By the time you get back, I should be out of here. Yeah. And then, so this is July 2nd. I didn't end up going home till like August 1st. 
Dang. You know what I mean? So um, the doctor came in. He was like, um, this is leukemia. And I was like, nah, ain't no way. Like, my, I'm, you got the wrong chart. Like, I'm Juwan. If you can go recheck that again, yeah. I mean, that'd be great. You know what I mean? And he was like, nah, we're going to run it again. And when he came back, the levels were worse. Dang. And he was like, nah, it's, it's, it's leukemia. And then that was, that, was, that was it at that point. What went through your head, bro? It was blank nothing at the time. To be honest, it didn't even hit me until it took a minute. It took it took maybe an hour or two. It wasn't probably until my mom got there. My mom pulled up that it actually hit me because I'm just sitting there trying to process. Like what's happening? What, what does this mean? What you is know? it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're 27 years old. Man. Yeah, I don't know what this means. Because I've never even really heard. When I hear leukemia, it it just sounds detrimental. It just sounds like, the, it sounds like death. Yeah, yeah. You know? So... You get these results, man, and then your mom walks in, and, and what, what happens from there, man? What do you start to feel? Um, at that time, it's like, I want to go home. I'm like, Mom, I want to go home. And they're telling her, like, hey, we got to admit him um, so we can run some more tests, and then we'll get the results on Monday. And I'm telling my mom, like, no, I'm re- I want to go home. Like, I, if, if they're going to get the results on Monday, let me just go home, and then if they call me back and say it's leukemia, then I'll come back. And then uh, my mom's like, no, nah, I don't think that's a good idea. Like, I think you should just stay here, let them admit you. So yeah. if they need, you know what I mean? So I'm just, we're going back and forth for a little bit. And so finally I cave in. I'm like, okay, I'll stay. Yeah. Um, and we had to start chemo immediately. Immediately. Uh, immediately after that. So, uh, but yeah, I was fighting it. I was fighting it for a minute. And that's, you know, that's just me. Like, I, I'm, I'm always feel better at home. Yeah, no, of course, man. Of course, man. I, I, I don't think anyone likes hospitals, period. Right. You know, and, but having to stay in the hospital and then having to process the news that you just got, man, you know, and, you know, and not, not knowing what's going to happen, man. Like you said, man, like, you know, anyone hears, anyone were to hear something like that, man, automatically, like you said, man, it's like, what? Like, you know, this is, this got to be some of the worst news that I could probably receive at that moment. You know what I mean? And so you had to, so they admitted you, you had to stay for about a month. The first time. Yeah. yeah, the first time was about a month. Um, and the first, it was it was probably, it was only heavy for that first couple hours. Like, I got on the phone, uh, made a couple phone calls. And then after I made those those phone calls, uh, my, my oncologist at the time was really great. So when he came in, it was like, the first three hours, I was crying. I was processing. It was like, this sucks. And then it was like, all right, what's next? How do we do it? How yeah. do we win? How do we beat it? What I got to do? Yeah, and he survival. Laid, yeah, he laid out the regimen. He said these next seven days gonna be gonna be rough. It's gonna be three times a day uh, chemo. Um, you gonna have a doctor in here five times a day injecting you. We gonna run labs every single morning at four a.m. Um, that's gonna be the regimen. And it's like, all right, bet. It's like it's no. That's why when you ask me about sports, do I regret it? I said nah, because I without that foundation, yeah. with, without that, you know what I mean. Without without that lock in, I yeah. wouldn't I wouldn't have made it through. Yeah, because that's what I had to turn into. You you just kind of got to lock into that mode. Yeah, you know. Yeah, man. And I mean, at any moment though, like, did you ever feel like, man, you know what? Like, any 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 negative thoughts ever cross your mind? Always, daily. What kind of things were you were you thinking, man? When is this gonna be over? Yeah. You know what I mean. You, you start you start immediately thinking about the finish line. Like when is this gonna be done? But those were the moments where I was at my worst. Like when you when I was not present and going through it. Yeah. You know what I mean. I had to understand that the the pain was necessary and I had to be present in that pain. 
Yeah. Because without being present in that pain, without ignoring it, there's no way to get through it. You know yeah. Yeah, and then where was your where was your faith in all this, bro? It was it was neglected, and that was so. And this is all hindsight. In yeah. The, in the moment, I didn't I didn't see it this way. Yeah. But I see it this way now. It's like God does a really good job of whispering to us for a very long time. And mm. it was funny, like not to not to get off topic, but one of my close friends has sent me a message about, I would say maybe maybe three weeks before I got admitted into the hospital. And it was this long drawn out message about like, he was like, bro, you could be doing so much more. Um, I don't feel like you walking in your purpose. I feel like God has so much more planned for you. And something in me is telling you, telling me to tell you that God is like, he's trying to touch you. He's trying to speak to you right yeah. now. And, and it's like in hindsight, I, I've learned that like God is going to whisper. He's going to tap you on the shoulder a couple times. Um, yeah. And then at some point, he's going to sit you down and quiet the world around you if your world is too loud. So if he's whispering to you and you're not hearing him, it's because your world is too loud. Yeah. So now I'm sitting in this hospital bed by yourself, and you ain't got no choice but to listen. Yeah. So my faith started to grow. So when I first walked into the hospital, if my faith was at a one, it's just you and God at this point. So yeah. he's going to give you a gut punch and quiet your world. So you're yeah. either going to listen and quiet it down, or he's going to quiet it for you. And for me, that's what that's what that ended up turning into. Yeah. So that's now, crazy, now yeah. it's, it's all I lean on. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. So after that first month, man, that intense chemo treatment that you had to go through, what happened after that? Uh, it was time to go to work. So you were just back. You were back, back to your normal routine. Not, not initially, because I had lost so much weight. Um, How much weight did you lose through that process? The first time I went one ninety five down to about one sixty. Dang. Yeah, I lost so about thirty five pounds. Lost man. about thirty five pounds. Did it affect anything else? It affected everything. I went bald. I lost nah. all my, yeah, lost all my hair. Um, antibiotics had my skin looking great though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But yeah, lost all my hair. Energy levels were really, really low. Um, no appetite. For the, that's why I lost so much weight. I was in the hospital basically only drinking insurance because the hospital food was so terrible. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, it affected it affected everything. And then emotionally, just the up and down. The anxiety, yeah, for sure, and like you're not really getting the best sleep in the hospital, yeah. So you, you know you're kind of battling those things. Um, some stuff that you just can't, you can't like you know push through. You just kind of like gotta endure for the, yeah. for the time being. At any moment, man, where you like, man, man, God, why me? Um, no, nah, cause that's just not how. That's not really how my mind works. Yeah, to be honest, not really, not really why me. Um, the main thing was just like how long. You know, how long, how long are we going to be going through this? Yeah. You know, and I think that's, that was the, if I said anything, like I said, that put me in a bad, bad mental headspace. Yeah. Was looking too far ahead. Like, just, bro, how long are we going to be going through this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you see, when, when you look into the tunnel and you see no light. Right. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that anyone that's going through pain or suffering, man, I think that's one of the biggest things, man, is that. I like what you said, bro. Like, you know, I think that I've never really looked at it like that, man, where you just got to be present with the pain. Got to. You know, I never really looked at it like that, man, but it's so true because I think that's one of the biggest enemies that we have, you know, when we're going through pain and suffering is that, you know what, um, you know, we're, we're just that, that, that hopefulness, it's good. It feeds us, it, it revives us. But then at the same time, man, if we're, like you said, you know, when we have those type of questions where it's like, man, how long or when is this going to be done? Like, when is this over? 
You know I mean, I think those are the moments when we, man, that's that's the hardest. Yeah, I think we just we got to be intentional about seeking out our lesson, like mm. that. You're not, it's not, it's not happening to you. It's happening for you. You got to be intentional about understanding what what this moment is supposed to mean. Yeah, like this pain is not. Your strength doesn't come from ignoring this pain. Your strength comes from understanding and moving forward in spite of this pain. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Like your your faith doesn't come from you knowing the destination. Your faith comes from you walking the process, no matter where the destination leads you. Mm. So those like the de- God already made it. Like you already, your battle was already won. He yeah. already, it's already checked off. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you you doubting that is 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 actually the the opposite of what faith is supposed to represent. Yeah. And what did that do to you as a person? It strengthened everything, everything in me. Every time I have doubt, that's what I can lean back on is understanding that the destination already won. Yeah. I'm already here. Yeah. I just got to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's already it's already there. On my worst day, and I tell people, like, when they ask me, do you have bad days? I said, no, but I definitely have bad moments. But I'm never going to let it take a whole day because I know at some point I'm going to snap out of it and be like, hey, hey, God got you. Yeah. I ain't never failed you. Yeah. And it's not going to ever happen. You know, yeah. you just got to keep going. Yeah. You know? And that's crazy, man, that you have this, this, you know, I think, I, I, I'm telling you, man, when I heard your story, bro, I'm like, you would never think, bro. You would never think that, like, this guy, bro, who's high energy, motivated, man, working with his athletes right there at the gym would be going through this, bro. You know what I mean? And when you look back on, on, um, when you look back, when you look back on, that message that you talked about right now from a friend that you received a few weeks prior to that. When you look back on that, man, like, do you feel that God's purpose has kind of been more clear now than ever? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Like, I, I have a, a a clear vision, a much more clear vision of how I'm supposed to be moving. Yeah. And how the people around me are supposed to be moving and what type of people I'm supposed to have around me. Yeah. Very, very clear. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I just, I understand that. That that purpose itself, that that self investment is the most important thing that we have as people. It's 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 vital. Yeah. Like it's vital for our survival. It's vital for the people around around us survival. And I think the best thing that you can do for the world is invest in yourself, um, because God made us in, in, intentionally. You know what I mean? Everything yeah. that everything God is is here. You know what I mean? Like God is. If you want to pour in the to God, if you want to invest in the guy, you have to invest in the self because he made such an investment in making you that mm-hmm. you you are you are his greatest creation. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. all of our strength is drawn from that. All of our strength is drawn from the presence uh, of God inside of us. So if we yeah. pour into that, you have no choice but to be positive. You have no choice but to, to, to shine a positive light on the world. Yeah. You know what I mean? Every, so for me, that's, that's kind of that's where I'm at right now. That's cool, man. And so, how's that going right now? Like with, um, how's that going with the treatment and all that? Like, are you still going through that right now? Yeah, for sure. Like, I had honestly, this is probably uh, physically. This is this is the toughest battle I've had. Because uh, you're going on two two and a half years, right? Two years. It'll be uh, it'll be two years in November. Oh, it's just past two years actually. Two years. Yeah, in, in July, right? And uh, no, two years of my stem cell transplant was in oh, November. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Talk, what, and talk about that a little bit. What's so the, I had so the stem cell transplant was was what I needed for them to say um, for me to get the best chance to be cured. 
okay. of cancer. But they technically say you're not cured from cancer until you're in remission for at least five years. Okay. So you'll have ups and downs pretty much for that whole five years. Um, or some people are just, you know, they'll coast through it. You yeah. Know, in, in my situation, it's definitely been up and down. Yeah. Um, so, like, physically, it's, uh, I ended up losing a bunch of weight like a couple months ago. I don't know. I haven't weighed myself. I'm kind of scared to hop on a scale. So I haven't. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I haven't weighed myself. But yeah, you kind um, of traumatized. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't. I haven't weighed myself. But yeah, you. Um, I had just got really, really sick. Um, it was in and out of the hospital for the last couple months, and then I had some complications with my body rejecting some of the cancer treatment. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, so now we're shaking back. Like, just got back in the gym. Just start working out. Um, but yeah, still going through it. Still, yeah. still and battling. And so you're still working out through this. I can't, yeah, can't stop. <laughs> that's yeah, man. That's what that's what's so that's what's so motivating about you, bro. Is that you're like, there's no quit in you, man. Yeah. There's no quit in you, man. And and like you say, man, like that everything you've you've gone through in life and everything that you've had to, you know, endure in life through sports and everything, man, really built something inside of you to be able to get you to this point. And now you're able to fight through this, man. Mm-hmm. And that's what's so motivating about your story, man. Is that. You know, there's there's that fight in you, man, that says, man, you know what, until, you know what, uh, uh, unless God says so, man, but until then, as long as God is in me, man, I'm going to keep fighting because he's fighting my battle. You know what I mean? And um, and your family, how's the, your relationship with your family through all this? I mean, I, I think I I think I got the best support system in the world, yeah. to be honest. That's uh, good. Yeah, I got, I got great friends, great family. Yeah. Um, I'm never, like, thinking, like, I don't have what I need, and yeah. I've seen. And the crazy thing is, you'll see people going through it, and they going through it alone, and it's just like I couldn't imagine. Yeah, you know, I couldn't imagine not having the people that I have around me. Yeah, you know, I know if I reach out, I got somebody there to pick up the phone for sure. That's what's up, man. That's good, man. And both your parents are still, are they still, um, they're still alive. They're still good. Yeah, both my parents. Both my okay, parents. Okay, good, still good, alive, good. Yeah. That's what's up, man. Any brothers and sisters? I don't think I asked you that. Yeah, I got. Uh, yeah, I got siblings. I got stepsisters. Uh, well, we ain't really step, bro. But yeah, I got adopted brothers. It's like yeah. six, seven of us, man. So, yeah, and are they they're active in your life too? Yeah, everybody's 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 pretty active. Yeah, that's everybody's good, bro. Active. That's good, man. I'm really happy to hear that, man. And bro, your story is just it's just intense, bro. It's yeah, intense, man. man. That you know, at, at an early age of 27 years old, man. You know, and um, what is something, man, that you kind of um, I know you shared a little bit what your your you feel your purpose is, but what kind of things are you actively doing right now? You know, what I mean to to get your story, to get your purpose across, man. You know, or do you um, are you actively involved in a in a community or anything like that, like church or anything? Right now, nah. Right now, I've been really secluded at home. Okay, like, just trying to get healthy. Um, okay, just focusing on my health, trying yeah. to get, trying to get my strength back. Um, a lot of reading, a lot of writing. Yeah. Um, Trying to learn how to meditate, yeah, because uh, that's that's the biggest battle for me right now is getting getting control of my psyche, yeah, you know, um, getting control of my mind, you know, making sure I'm the one making the decisions, yeah, because like when you do get in those dark places or you do get get in those negative head spaces, you can't trust that person, yeah, that's not who you are, yeah, you know what I mean. So I had I had some moments that were really really heavy. And it let me know, like, oh, no, nah, you need to get control of this before this spirals out of control. Yeah, like what? Talk about it, man. So I lost my I lost my grandmother earlier this year. And that's like, that's my mama bear. That's my yeah. baby. So that was, that was, 
if you was to ask me to weigh both of them, like that's that was worse than the cancer. Like I would I would take cancer ten times over to see her live to two hundred. You know yeah. what I mean? So, um, and I was doing really well. Like I was shaking back. Everything was feeling like it's feeling good. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, it's okay, man. Take your time. No, no, you're good. You're good, man. So, uh, yeah, but physically, I was straight, you know what I mean? So, emotionally, yeah. Damn, I thought I was going to be good. She was, no, you're crying, good, bro. Man. You're uh, good, man. But yeah, so when that when that uh when that hit, that kind of threw me for a loop a little bit, and yeah. it kind of knocked me down to rock bottom mentally. Yeah. And so for me, I'm like, as long as I'm locked in mentally, I can make my body kind of do, you know what I mean? I can kind of fight through the pain and kind of, you know, make my body do yeah. whatever I need it to do. So, um, when that happened, that was heavy. So she was real special to you, man. That was everything. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, so a lot of gra- man, a lot of grandmas are dude. Right. You a lot know. of grandmas, man. Um, so I had to go through, you know, the the that process, and then so once that ended, it was like uh, just trying to get back grounded. Yeah, you know, um, and that's been that's kind of been where I where I've been at. Yeah, trying to get gain control of that that mental emotional state, man, and that's huge, bro. That's huge, man, because I know that. You know when you know you're you're talking about your grandma, man, and everything. And when you when you when you lose someone, you know there there is no right way how to take it. You know it's one thing that I've been learning these last couple of years is, you know when you lose people you love, it's like there is no right or wrong way how to mourn them, how to go through that. You know, but you taking up that that challenge in you and saying, man, you know what, I have to gain control of this have to gain control of this because there's still a fight. You know, there's still something to fight for, you know, and and I'm sure she's looking down on you too, man, and just, you know, 100%. you know, for you to keep fighting, man, for you to keep fighting. And I know that there's a lot of people, man, that are going to hear this. They're going to hear this story, man, and and there's going to be something special that's going to happen through this, man, because the pain and suffering, man, that that you just shared, that you just talked about, man, is unimaginable, man, unless people have actually gone through that, you know, but I think the biggest message that we can learn from this, man, is that, you know, despite of the pain, despite of the suffering, despite of the the hardships that come our way, man, you know, that there's always something, there's always something that we can look forward to, there's always something, there's always that hope, there's always that rock, and like what you shared, man, that that foundation, that faith in God, you know, is what really, man, is going to help us, man, to just move past, you know what I mean? And and have faith that, like you said, man, have faith in that moment. You know what I mean? It's not so much seeing the end result, but having faith in that moment that, yeah, we can have bad moments, you know what I mean? But it doesn't mean we have to have bad days, you know, and that we can always look to see, man, that there's always something, you know, there, and that there's always someone, man, that's going through more than what we go through, you know? There's always someone that's going through more. And when we look at that, man, that should make us realize, man, that you know what? 
there's a greater purpose in each and every single one of us, man. You know, find gratitude in the little things. You know what I mean? Just find, be intentional yeah. about being grateful. And yeah. I think that's what that's what saved me is I started uh, I started journaling every morning. Okay. And the first thing I do when my feet hit the ground is I get in my journal. I write at least one thing I'm grateful for. Mm. And I remember my first entry was. I was grateful for the sun on my face because I had just spent five days in the hospital. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it just it, it felt good to be able to get up and walk outside. It's the little things. It's it's it's, it's that's the little things are everything. You yeah. know what I mean. And then as you as you start to be intentional about your gratitude, it's really really hard to have a bad day. Yeah, you know what I mean. When you get up and you and you and you find purpose and finding and being grateful, it's really hard to have a bad day. Yeah, you know what I mean. And that saved me. Man, man, that's that's powerful, bro. That's powerful, man. And what's your message, man, to what's your message to right here, man? You got a camera right there, man, that's just looking at you. What's your message to to young men, to young women, to anyone, man? What's a message that you want to just share from the bottom of your heart to them? That you're gonna be okay. That uh it's not about what you're going through. Um, it's about what you've gotten through. Um, thank God for what he saved you from that you didn't see because it was probably a storm one day that was coming to knock your socks off and you never saw it coming and God saved you from it. Um, don't focus on the storm you did see, you know. Um, he saved you multiple times because he knew what you couldn't handle. Um, and just be, don't wake up and do things on accident. Like, one thing this journey has taught me is that life is finite, um, and you have to accept that. Like, don't be fearful of that. Like, that should motivate you to understand that it's, it's finite. So stop getting up and, and doing stuff on accident. Like, when you get up, be intentional about your day. Be intentional about what you got to get going. Be intentional about your purpose. Um, because God didn't place you here to just be going through the motions. Like, you have, you got, you have something to do. You know, you have it's some you have something to do, and you know it. You feel it. Like you know, there's something. There's an energy in us that lets us know that we're not moving in the right direction. So lean into that, and every day you get up, be intentional. I love that, bro. I love that, man. And hey, you're speaking to me, bro. <laughs> Seriously, man, because that's so good, bro. It's so good, and 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 I think that we can all learn from that, man to be intentional in our everyday life, man. And um, Juwan, man, dude, like I, you know, I love your story, bro. I really do, man. And and like I said, I know that this is gonna, this is gonna touch a lot of people's lives, man. You know, and, and, and I know even coming in here, you were saying, man, like how you feel like leaning towards this type of space, right? Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm, I'm definitely a crier, y'all. So don't blame me, dude. It's okay to cry. Hey, it's I, all right. I cry once a day. I promise yeah. I do. <laughs> it's all right for men to cry, bro. Yeah. Like you know what I mean. Like it's all. It's you know. It's good for. It's good. It's yeah. good, man. And and um, I appreciate you coming out, bro, and and taking the time and the energy, man, to come. And because I know, like you said, you're you're focused on healing. You're focused on getting better yourself, man. So I don't take it lightly, man, that you made your way out here, man, and took your time to be right here with Offbeat Podcast, man. We appreciate you so much. And I look forward, bro. Like, I really do, man. I look forward to the day when you are cancer-free, bro. And I'm going to bring you back on here, man. And we're going to be able to tell 
that story, man. You know what I mean? But for now, dude, we, we wish you all the best. We're praying for you, man. And um, don't forget, Offbeat Podcast family, man, to subscribe to our channel. Um, you know, keep linking up with us. If you have an offbeat story, if you have a story that you say, man, you know what? My story is offbeat, man. And and you say, and you're in the area. You're right here in the Inland Empire. You're close by in the surrounding cities, surrounding area. And you want to come on Offbeat Podcasts, send us a message. But meanwhile, send this to somebody that needs to hear this. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Go follow us on Instagram, TikTok. And we just, again, we appreciate all the support that you guys have been showing us these last couple months. God bless you guys. We love you guys. This was Offbeat Podcast. Let's go. Thank <laughs> you.